everybody. Uh, today, we I am very, very honoured to be talking to Suzanne Verdi. Now, Suzanne is a journalist. She presents the ITV News, so I'm well out of my league here. Um, she also does BBC Inside Out, one of my best, favourite programmes on Radio 4, You and Yours. But today, it's all about a book that she's just written, which is The Girl's Guide to Being Awesome. And it's about empowering advice for teenage life. And she very kindly sent it over to me for a read. Um, and I have to say, if I was a 13, 14 year old girl, it would be something I'd quite like to have by my bed. So hello, Suzanne. Oh, hi, Alicia. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. It's a huge pleasure. So um, it, it, apart from all the amazing things that you do, you have actually got a really great story, which is where the book starts, doesn't it? And I thought it would be nice to tell people a little bit about your story and why you ended up writing the book in the first place. Well, thank you, Lucy. I, I was very lucky. I mean, I grew up with um, very positive parents. My mum is white English. My dad is Indian Sikh. Um, he came to this country uh, as a young boy after partition and, and they met and probably it was one of the first mixed couplings for, you know, in the 60s. So it must have been a, a huge thing for them to, to do. So they were very strong, resilient people anyway, because any criticism they got just sort of washed right off them. And they managed to pass on this amazing resilience to me. And basically, this is what I want to do in my book. Because they never, ever thought that you can't do something. They thought if something's out there and somebody's doing it, yes, you can do it. And they allowed me to have great self-belief in myself. Now, I am incredibly aware, Alicia, that this is special. I never really thought it was special until I grew up. And then I realized that so many people around me don't feel that way and didn't have that at home. Now, I'm not criticizing any parents whatsoever. You know, children come from so many different backgrounds with so many different belief systems, so many different busy parents who maybe don't have that time to sort of uh, instill this in children. So I wrote a book really to do it. And I decided to write this book because I kind of thought that we'd won the battle with um, sexism. Uh, we didn't need to be empowered anymore, that we, you know, laws are gradually, might be quite slow, but they're much more on our side nowadays than ever before. I was really surprised when I started to talk to um, some youth workers about their work and how they were seeing this rise of sexism and police officers too, uh, who were working particularly with male gangs, but looking at girls around that situation. And I thought, I wonder what it's like, you know, that is quite an extreme situation, but I wonder what it's like generally every day. And when I looked into that, I realized that this empowerment that I thought we got is kind of going off at a tangent bit and we're kind of losing it a little bit. And I think girls are struggling and I think social media isn't helping that. And that's why I wrote it really, because the, the, the one extra thing that concerned me was that if girls growing up feeling disempowered or feeling that they are not as good as either other girls or, or boys in particular, then where does that leave them um, when it comes to careers and the socioeconomic status? Will they dial down their ambition? Will they be in less highly paying jobs? And that will have a long-term effect. So it was all of those things that made me write it. Sorry about the long answer to your short question. No, no, I wanted a nice <laughs> long answer because nobody knew, yes, much more interesting to hear, to hear where you're coming from because I do think that you're right. I think girls right now are actually having a really hard time. And I think there's lots and lots of different factors which you know I can put my point of view across but you, you touched on social media I think uh, pornography's had a big impact on on how girls see and feel about themselves as well and especially in relationships with boys totally 
uh, you know, there, there's so much going on for them. And I think the pressure that a lot of them feeling under to perform and uh, in all different ways. I mean, I wouldn't want to be a 14 year old girl just now. I think. No, but I put myself in those shoes the other day and I was thinking, no, it's really, really hard. You know, it's not surprising that, I mean, I talk about pornography in my book. I, I say porn is not the norm. That's what the chapter's called because, you know, staggering statistics that 48% of 11 to 16 year olds have actually watched porn or seen it in some form. Now, I know parents think uh, they've done probably the right thing. They have done the right thing if they put parental controls on things. But kids are seeing this on other kids' smartphones at school, believe it or not. And that's what absolutely horrified me. I thought, at school, how is this happening? Um, but it is happening. And teachers are too busy to actually go down that route. They've got enough to do just teaching the class and at the moment keeping everybody COVID safe and everything to actually take that into consideration too much. But it is having an effect. And when I looked into studies... Um, the NSPCC, Bernardo's, all of that were all saying that the negative effect on girls is they feel this is how it is. And I say um, very bluntly that any sexual experience you have should be consensual, should be loving and should be you should not be doing anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. And so I set out that very clearly. But of course, what they're seeing, if, if, if they're not able to make sense of it or understand it, leaves you with a very one-sided view of what a relationship is. And that, I think, I totally agree with you, Alicia, it does uh, affect how they see their role in society. And uh, I think that's a really negative thing. So it doesn't surprise me that one in seven girls doesn't feel good enough. And it certainly doesn't surprise me now, uh, when I did the research, that 166,000 girls by the age of 14 are depressed in the UK. Now, I'm not saying boys aren't, aren't suffering, they really are too that figure is 67,000 for boys of the same age. So we know that girls are having a, a slightly tougher time. And I think it is around this body image and it is trying to make sense of the world. And uh, I wanted to try and help them. I don't want to preach at anybody. I just want to help them make sense of things and come to their own conclusion. Um, yeah, because I really like the way actually in the book, you know, the, the chapter on body image and you talk about asking the girls to focus on what they like about their bodies and their looks. But then you very swiftly move them on to thinking about personality traits. And I actually really like that because it's something we talk a lot about. I don't think I don't think they do appreciate their finer qualities like their sense of humour and their empathy skills. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't want girls to think they've always got to be kind and caring. That's a good trait for everybody, boys and girls. It's not just a female trait. But really, you know, when we're looking at each other, how do we remember somebody? Why do we like people? Because they make laugh, because they're genuinely caring and they, you know, they look out for other people. It doesn't mean to say because you're kind, you're a pushover either. That's one thing I want to, to get very clear. Just because you're nice and kind and helpful doesn't mean to say you should be a pushover. And if somebody's taking liberties with your kindness, you do have the right to say, no, actually, I've had enough. And that's a strength as well but you know being kind being funny and and just being yourself because there's so many images out there and I dread to say this and I'm probably going to get really shouted at for, for saying I can hear people going nah, nah, nah. but every girl seems to want to look the same and you've all got amazing you're everybody's unique we all have our own DNA that proves that we are unique we all have our own passions and we all have the things that we're good at. So let that all come out, you know, let, be proud of it and embrace it. Yeah, because I think that the messaging that they give themselves, you know, I often say to them, would you say that to your best friend? And they'll look, God, no, no way would I say that. I said, so why, where, why is it okay to give yourself those messages? And it is, it's, we get, we get sort of sucked into it, don't we? We end up putting ourselves we down. Do. 
And you know, Alicia, it's not just with body image too, it's with our work because work as the school work has never been more important, has it? Because we're always told that we have to get, it's not good enough now sometimes to get a B. Um, when I was quite happy with a B, it's now a star. And because everybody is um, looking to be uh, a graduate or the very best they can uh, in education, and it's a lot of pressure, especially at the moment when children have been out of education for a while. Are they going to remember everything? Are they going to be able to catch up and, and get and look forward to the future? They're constantly looking forward. And while I say we should be looking forward, we should, we should be looking at the whole person and not beating ourselves up so much if we don't get the perfect mark. I think the most important thing you can always do is to learn from your mistakes. And if somebody says you weren't very good at that, if that if you actually believe that mm, you didn't do very well because of X, Y, Z, take those hints on board and then don't don't fall into that trap again don't you know learn from your mistakes but don't give up because if you give up you're never going to achieve what you want to achieve and also don't be afraid to make the mistakes because we you know yeah. I don't know about you but I've learned a lot more from what I got wrong than what I got right first time for sure and, and the super successful people out there all made horrendous mistakes in there and they're happy to tell you about them because it doesn't just you don't just get to be successful straight away you have to fall down a few times over those hurdles before you leap over them and I think that's the thing and that's what I talk about sparkle in in the book because sparkle is kind of um it's an energy it's a vibrancy around somebody and as young as you are right now listening to this you still have it everybody has it it just gets sometimes knocked out of us a little bit because a mean comment or something can make us feel not very unsparkly and we might feel very unsparkly right now let's face it we can't we soon won't be able to go anywhere we'll be able probably able to go to school and we'll be able to come home and we will be a bit bored and we will feel a bit miserable so the sparkle thing um and I talk about in my book doing new things to unleash those talents and the more and, and gain confidence because when you've got genuine confidence and you can talk to people then you do sparkle because people notice people that can talk to any age group or it or has, has a different talent might be able to play a musical instrument might be able to do somebody's hair fabulously might be able to you know all those different things that we don't you when we're at school are all lovely unique attributes and I know so many people now can speak lots of different languages fantastic what a skill that is you know it's um don't hide any of your talents build on them because that will build your sparkle and the academic work hopefully will, will come at some point you know I was never destined to be a maths professor put it this way but I worked at everything I could to the very best of my ability and I worked out I was very lucky that I worked out what I wanted to do very young I'm very aware that it's it's um really hard now to work out what you want to do very young and you may change your mind but I just want people to to realise that they all have sparkle and the chapter is quite a long chapter and it, it sort of takes you through what I mean um, by just being able to speak to somebody. I don't know about you, Alicia, but when I, if I was at school and somebody said, you've got to come to the front of the class and debate a particular subject, I'd be dreading it. I'd be absolutely dreading it. Okay. And I think there is that fear. Nobody, everybody's quite good in the playground when they're with their mates doing their funny, you know, impressions or, or, speaking out or whatever but as soon as a whole class and the teacher look at you it's kind of oh god you need to start to tremble well I you know I do put points into how to get over that kind of thing and and to and to exude confidence and that kind of inner confidence will well I think it set you sets you up for life basically I really do 
I, I really agree with you. And actually, what's really interesting is we've just started a series of podcasts called Inspiring Futures. And they're just little 15, 20 minutes. And we, we talk to all people from all different professions and jobs and, and just, to, just to try and really inspire the next generation with uh, the, there's lots out there still that you can do. And, but what's fascinating about it is so far, every single one that I've, that I've interviewed, and you know, we only started a week and a half ago and we've got 11 so far, Every single one talks about the importance of social skills and initiative and creativity, critical thinking, and actually, you know, self-belief. Um, and so important. Yeah. It's important because I think that um, that's what makes you stand out. Everybody's trying to attain the same grade. So how do you, when you're giving a job to somebody, how do you work out who is the best person for that? How do you stand out if everybody's got five A stars? And, and that can happen at the moment. It was incredibly, you know, teenagers are incredibly dedicated to their schoolwork right now and, ending, and, and getting amazing grades a lot of the time. So it's very difficult to, to read out who they really want. Uh, but if you go into an interview and you sparkle, whether it be over Zoom or face to face, and you can and, and look somebody in the eye and you can have, I don't know, done some extra research on that company, do things that make you stand out, then you're a shoe in for that job, to be quite frank. And you have to have a little, that's what I call a little bit of sparkle to, to, to get you through. The other chapter which I really loved was your strive for progress, not perfection, because I think the toxic perfectionism is one of the biggest things that particularly girls, we, we somehow have to, we have to stop it because it, it's so unhelpful. I don't know why because it's about our bodies we're perfectionists as well we're looking at that going oh that's a little bit fat and that's because we're looking at all these all these perfected images on social media which I mean there are so many filters out there and I now think I'm quite good at spotting a filter from 100 you know well from literally two two inches away from the screen I think oh no not somebody else who's filtered it because this isn't real is it and it's making us all feel bad about ourselves and then we're, we're perfectionists when it comes to our work as well and if we don't get the mark we beat ourselves up and I think that is a particular female thing and I don't quite know why whereas I think boys um and I don't know whether, whether this is just something that's been innate for many, many generations because men have always been used to being the breadwinners they've always been um the people that will be in charge they it naturally was it was men in charge so they if they don't do if they if they go for a job and they can do 80 percent of the um 80 percent of the job perfectly but they can't really do a couple of things they'll still think I'm great and I'll go for it Whereas I think girls tend to go, well, I can't do those two things, so better go for it. Well, you know what? We, we, I just go for it. Just throw yourself into it and see what happens. And I think you're very surprised. You know, it, it's no surprise to me that girls, when they do get to the very top, be in business or anything, shine even more than, than men. I mean, there's an amazing piece of research um, in my book in the Peterson Institute, which actually proves that when women become the head of companies, they make more money. The, co the company is more successful. And that is a proper piece of academic research, which actually blew my mind. So, uh, you know, don't beat yourself up. When we're natural, we're, we naturally do do that as girls, I think, because we're always worried about things. I mean, I'm looking at, a, going a bit off the tangent, but I was looking at um, social media this morning and there was something on from the female lead about, there was a woman newsreader who'd been targeted saying, oh, you look really, you look really big. You look really big on screen. And I'm thinking, you know what, this is the kind of thing women get all the time and worry about getting. But really, 
as newsreaders, we're not there to be supermodels. We're there to tell you the news and, and we're there to look fairly tidy so we don't distract you from what we're trying to say. So, you know, this is the thing that we are constantly judged and we just have to let that wash over us a little bit. And I'm trying to build resilience in the book. So basically, we, we can do that. We have to let certain things go. We have to let it wash over us. And we have to believe that, you know, we're just as good as anybody else because we all are. Yeah, and we, and we all have our sparkle. And you tackle some pretty big issues in the book as well, like the gender identity, uh, grooming. Um, yeah, and, and it seems to be, you know, you can tell reading that you've done a huge amount of research and a lot of it is opinion-based. But did you, did you work, particularly on those kind of issues, did you work with um, organisations and experts who, who, who specialise in, especially the gender identity, I think? Yeah, I think, um, well, for a lot of the grooming, um, that was from police that I know, um, police officers who work with young people and who were seeing that even in very male situations where they're working with male, um, some gang members, former gang members, that the, the, the girls attached to them and how they feel and the grooming that goes on within that, that really set alarm bells for me. And so they really helped me with that. And for the gender identity, I think this is something that's growing now and all children's charities are really, really aware of it. And I think it's so important that, that children aren't scared of their feelings. I don't want them to be scared of their feelings. I put lots of useful um, addresses, numbers of, of, of agencies that can help if you feel you can't talk to somebody at home or if you feel you can't talk to your friend yet, there is always somebody you can talk to. I never want somebody to worry to death about something or how they feel or, or be confused because that can make you feel really bad about yourself and will spiral down your self-esteem, your possibly anxiety, possibly that could go to depression. I really don't want that. So what I was trying to say is all these feelings, whatever they are, you're not the first person to have had them. You know, you can talk to somebody and then they will help you on how to talk to your friends and how to talk to your family. And then I, I, I do put in the book as well, if none of these things are affecting you, but a friend of yours tells you that they have these feelings, how do you react to them as well? Because you're still, they're still the same person, essentially. Of course, they're still the same person. They're still the same character. They need your support. If you've been friends for a while, you know, they need us need to know you're there for them and it shouldn't change your relationship. But I think it's a, a really key thing. It's really helpful as well that so many celebrities, such as, you know, Sam Smith, uh, uh, particularly he, he's come out and, and, and said, you know, I don't, I don't worry about identity. I don't identify as this or this. I, I just feel I am a human being in the human race. And I think that is a really, it's really good for, ch for children to have role models as well. They can look up to you like that. Well, they get permission to be who they want to be, don't they, from when they see exactly it, somebody's gone before them yeah. but it was it must be very hard to be that first person and yeah you know, as I say none of the feelings that you've had will be unique or that you'll never be the first person to have had them and it's all there's always somebody there to talk to and that's why I put a list in the back of the book of, of, of helpful agencies because I think it's really important to, to talk to somebody who completely gets you um, before you talk about maybe to your family or something yeah because that's a big step isn't it once you go once you then decide you're going to tell everybody. So tell me, what would you most like girls to take from this book? Well, I want them to realise that um, social media is fantastic. Um, it can be creative. It can be fun. It helps you keep in touch with people. Sometimes it helps you be informed if you're with the right sites. But if anything pops up that scares you, that is preaching hatred or making you feel uncomfortable, 
then just block it and give it a miss because that site is not good for your mental health. I find myself doing it myself, scroll, 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 scroll mindlessly. And then I, I'll tell myself, no, this is ridiculous. Get up and go and do something um, more important. Don't become a phone zombie. So that's my first point. Don't become a phone zombie. Enjoy it, but know its place. Leave it outside the bedroom when you go to sleep at night. There's that temptation to keep looking at it, especially if it's flashing or something. You know, you always, it's going to distract you. And, you know, you need your sleep. And you need to get up and do other more interesting things. It's for you mentally and physically because if you sit there, you're not exercising, are you? And now we need to get out and about outdoors as much as we can because, you know, we can't do much else. Our social socialization is being really limited. So I'm very aware that that might be a problem. So that's one of the things um, that I would say. Uh, put a time restriction on it. Don't have it in the bedroom and, and try to not be um, taken in by some of the superficial things you see because I think at its best, worst, Social media can be superficial and at its worst, worst, it can be destructive. So be just keep it, just keep aware of your feelings when you're on social media. I wouldn't say don't use it because I love social media and I'm certainly not going to be a hypocrite about it. It's here to stay. We just have to work out how to use it for the best. Mm-hmm. The other thing is I've already touched on it. Be yourself. Be yourself at all times. If you like something really uncool, then don't be afraid to say you like something really uncool because that makes you you and you are unique. And, you know, if your friends kids your friends secretly would probably be quite impressed that you've managed to sort of say something that they that they would never dream of saying and they'll be quite impressed by by your resilience and, and the way you go about yourself and then believe in yourself you've got to believe in yourself and you've got to really truly believe in yourself and you've got to like yourself I think a lot of girls um don't actually like themselves very much so I say fall in love with you don't worry about anybody else falling in love with you fall in love with you first and the rest will follow yes it will take care of itself It's fantastic. Well, all I can say is that it's a fabulous book. It touches on so many different areas and it's all about, you know, being great. Everybody has it in them. That's the bottom thing, Alicia. You know, if if a job exists in the world, whether it's astronaut, whether it's hairdresser, whether it's anything, chocolate maker, you know, anything, if it exists, you can do it. It doesn't matter where you are right now, what area you're in, what background you have, whether you're from a wealthy background and not so wealthy background. It doesn't matter if your parents have got high flying jobs or they haven't got any jobs. It doesn't matter. It's what you want to do, where you are going and you can as young as you are, you can start to dream, daydream and, and, and dream big dreams about where you want to go. And that now you can make them happen as well. Well, and one step at a time, isn't it? Because but the other, cause the other great thing about social media is actually you can connect with people who are doing the thing that you really inspires you. So there are there's amazing opportunities as well as 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 the fun stuff that you can do up there um Suzanne I am so grateful to you for making this with me it's just great and we're going to put the book up on on the Teen Tips website as well so hopefully people will really enjoy it but it's a great achievement and thank you very very much it's well it's a a pleasure to be here thank you for asking me and uh, I'm really thrilled you love it Felicia thank you